Here we go. My name's Jeff Kay, and you're listening to episode 194 of the world-famous West Virginia Surf Report podcast. goes up boys and girls i hope it goes well it goes well here both my boys are at work do you hear what i just said (laughs) they're both at work sunday afternoon it's raining so i don't have to mow the house is quiet there's no chaos there's not doors slamming people moving up and down hallways slamming kitchen doors cooking and you know, messing around in the kitchen like some old lady, you know, canning peaches or whatever. There's like not, you know, there's only one TV on. There's not, it's just not, it's chaos free. Tony's watching tennis. I'm down here recording a podcast. It's quiet. And speaking of mowing, before uh, before he went to work, I heard uh, the younger boy, no, I'm sorry, the older boy, on the phone with my parents, he calls them every once in a while, which is nice. He's a nice, he's a nice guy. He calls them on his own, uh, and you know he stays in touch with my mom and dad, which is great. And um, I guess my dad was asking him about uh, the new lawnmower because he loves that kind of stuff. My dad, man, he's all about the the, the lawn mowing equipment and whatnot. And um and he goes uh, the boy goes uh, yeah you know you know um, I haven't been able to I haven't you know I haven't used it myself because I work. I was like, what the hell? Like I don't work, you know? What is that? Is that an excuse? He, in his mind, he thinks that's an excuse to not mow the mow the lawn, you know, to, to not help out because I work. What do you think about what do I do? What am I doing the fifty five hours a week? That I'm, that I'm devoting to this job that I have. Is that not work? I would consider that. I would put that under the heading of work. Thank you very much. So anyway, I heard him. I overheard him say that. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to give him shit about it, but oh, 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 don't you worry. It will be discussed. Anyway, um, I mowed last weekend. Me and the younger boy mowed. It sucked, you know. It was just as bad as I remembered it. And it's not even hot yet, so you add you add high heat and high humidity to what was already shitty. Oh man, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long summer. <laughs> but the younger boy helped me out. He uh, he, I mean, I mowed the front and I mowed all around the house. And when I say around the house, that's the dangerous part. That one side where it's like just slants straight down treacherous my feet were sliding almost fell down i mean you could just like think feet slide out from under you and like you know roll a, a lawnmower across your legs you know that's no good it's, it's terrible and I, I don't get me started but anyway i did the front which is not not huge and i did all around the house which is the treacherous part and then he did the backyard which after I knock out the dangerous part, all that is is just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's, you know, relatively level, you know. So that's not, 
you know, that that's just a lot. It's just a lot to mow, but it's not treacherous. So he did all that. If we can continue doing that, I guess, you know, we can make it work. But when I have to go and do the whole yard, that's when the resentment, I mean, there's already, I mean, a little, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, it's not something I'm proud of. There's already a little bit of resentment. I don't know if you've been able to pick this up. There's a little bit of resentment. But if I have to do the whole thing, which is what I predicted from day one would happen, I'm going to be pissed. All right? And I, I think I, I think I, um, I don't think I'm out of line on that. All right? Anyway. So anyway, I'm old. can't do it this weekend, though. It's raining. Damn it. God, I was so looking forward to it. I wanted to get out there and push that vibrating, smoking, you know, loud, thrashing. I was so much looking forward to that. I love it. Me and my dad, you know, we're on the same page with that. I mean, we love it. I saw where Tawny Katane died. And um, she's like young. I mean, she's she's in her 50s. Like, I don't know what happened to her. Did she have, like, a, it wasn't anything like cancer, right? Cancer. You ever heard people from, I don't know where they're from. What part of the country, <laughs> what part of the country makes people say cancer? You know, I don't know. I hear people talk like that. Anyway, uh, what are we talking about? Oh, she didn't have anything like that. It's probably drugs or something. I don't know. Like every article, if it doesn't say what the reason is or what, you know, what the, what the cause of death is, it's, it's, it's probably... Uh, Probably nothing good. It's probably drugs, but I don't know. What do I know about it? Anyway, she's in her fifties, and she passed away. And I was—I uh, saw a picture of her, and her face was completely mutilated from plastic surgery. I mean, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to speak speak ill of the dead, but why would a person do that to themselves? Why would they? Why would you just get your face? I mean, every time somebody does that. They end up looking like the, the cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz. That's what she looked like. She was a beautiful woman, you know? I mean, she was used to wallow around on those car hoods and those white snake videos. And uh, she's a beautiful woman. Why would what, just, I mean, people age. I mean, you know, people age. Just let it go, man. I mean, I don't understand why you would go under the knife, get yourself mutilated, and come out. On the other side, looking like the cowardly lion. Why would you do that? She looked, I don't know, it's off-putting. It's, it's, it's hideous, you know? Why can't she just be, I mean, I know she's a model and all that, but she's no, I mean, she's not going to be modeling with that face. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of mean. I'm being kind of mean, but I, that thing, I mean, she's not got, she's going to be doing no modeling when you when you look like a feline of some sort, you know. When you, I mean, it's a wonder she didn't have whiskers. I mean, they should just attach whiskers, you know. Anyway, uh, I started thinking about White Snake because when you think of her, you think of White Snake, and um, you know, I never really they were huge, you know, back when I worked at Peaches. I think I think it was that era, maybe a little prior. I don't remember, but uh, I don't remember. I have to look it up, but. In the eighties, they were huge. But I had another, I had another experience with White Snake prior to them becoming these giant MTV stars, right? Back when I was still in West Virginia, and I looked it up, it was nineteen eighty. So I mean, I was in high school. I wasn't even graduated high school. I bought this cassette tape. I don't know if you need to say tape. I bought this cassette. It's like saying tuna fish. 
you know, you don't really, I mean, tuna is fish, you know, yeah, 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 anyway, I bought this cassette, and um, I used to buy, like, I, I, I mean, I was obsessed with music, still am to a certain degree, and uh, I, uh, I used to buy LPs, albums, you know, vinyl, on stuff that I considered to be important, and I put put that in air quotes. Something I want, wanted in my permanent sound library. But I would also buy like uh, hard rock stuff that I knew. I just, you know, it was kind of disposable stuff that would just be fun to blast in my car while I'm driving around. I'd buy that on cassette. And I used to do that all the way back, you know, when I lived at home. So I can remember buying, I had no idea who this band was. It was called, they were called White Snake. The album was called Ready and Willing. <laughs> and I bought it. I used to buy shit just based on the cover, or, you know, the vibe that I got off of it. I bought it and I played the living daylights out of that thing. The thing was great. And, um, and then I asked people about it. And then later, you know, years later, a few years later, they became giant stars, right? They had all those hits, and they had Tawny Katane wallowing around on, a, on the hood of a car and all that stuff, right? And um, I used to ask people, do you remember that album by them called uh, Ready and Willing? Nope. Never heard of it. And I would look it up, and you couldn't even find it. It's like it didn't exist. I'm like, did this thing just up? Was this just something in my head? Because, I mean, it was, like, impossible. There was no, like, you would see a, a discography a White Snake discography of all their albums, and it wouldn't be listed there. Like, what is that? I mean, what is? I remember that record, and I loved it, and I played it all the time. It sounded like um, I don't know. It sounded like early Foreigner or something, who I used to like back in the day. And um, I used to play the shit out of that record, and uh, and I was, but it was like it didn't exist. But I had it on cassette, and I listened to it 150,000 times. You know, I used to blast that thing in my Chevy Love truck. Rolling down Interstate 64, pumping my fist in the air, shouting along with my big old Jiffy Pop hair. Oh, it was wonderful. But anyway, it was weird because I, I, I knew nobody who had any recollection of that album. I couldn't even find it listed anywhere. It was bizarre. I felt like, did I imagine that whole thing? There's no way. So anyway, uh, I... And even on Spotify, right? I remember when I first got Spotify, I would like I would look at stuff like obscure records. I was testing it to see if I could stump it, and I and I can I can stump Spotify. But they're pretty uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty comprehensive. They have everything, you know. So uh, I I remember I looked up that Ready and Willing album, not on there. And I was like, what? I don't. I don't know what the hell's going on. I think I looked on that uh, on that all music website. Nope, not listed. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Is that like it was? I don't know. But anyway, so anyway, when I saw that the cowardly lion had passed away, <coughs> I um, today or yesterday, I looked on um, Spotify again, and it's on there. That Ready and Willing album is on there, and I started blasting that thing, and I swear to God, I, I mean, it's it's great. That is like, that is like, an unknown classic. That thing's good, man. That thing is a solid. It doesn't have a bad song on it, and it's rocking and it's fun, man. That thing's good. 
I don't know. I don't know much about White Snake because I don't. You know, I don't really. It's not really in my wheelhouse. But I, I like that record, and um, by far the best of all the ones I've heard. And I was listening to it this morning. I listened to it a couple times this morning. I was like, man, this thing is awesome. You know, I need to try to find some kind of copy of this. But anyway, um, so anyway, yeah. And some of the lyrics, I noticed some some lines in these probably wouldn't fly today. Like there's this one song on there, and and part of the part of the chorus is the bitches in heat. <laughs> Just keeps repeating that the bitches in heat. That's not you know that's not really doesn't really fly nowadays. And there's another part where he goes, she's not black, but she's got soul. You know, probably, you know, treading on thin ice there, too. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's all right. I don't know. The bitch is in heat. She's not black, but she got soul. Anyway, that thing's rocking. It's a great record. Ready and willing. I think it's willing. I don't think it has a G on the end of it. Red, maybe I'm wrong. Ready and willing by White Snake. Highly recommended. I mean, if you like 80s hard rock, you can't go wrong with that. You will not be disappointed. And speaking of buying, like, so-called so disposable hard rock, I have a couple memories of that. Two, both of them were at Peaches after I moved to North Carolina. So I remember buying, I do a, we, we could do employee purchases on a specific day of the week. I can't remember what day that was, but I can remember... You, there's only one day a week you could do them, and it, you got a pretty good discount. It was a good deal, and I used to buy the shit. I mean, I was shit, you know. If I could get, if I could get albums and stuff for, you know, basically cost, I'm all over that, you know. So I used to buy stuff every, every time there was an employee purchase day. It feels like I purchased something, you know. But anyway, I remember I bought some uh, LPs. And I had a copy of uh, 5150 by Van Halen on cassette. That was one of those ones I was just going to blast in my car. That's the first one with Sammy Hagar on it, you know. And I can remember checking out, and I was uh, paying for it. I was at the cash register, and uh, my friend Brad was ringing me out. He was like, oh, my God, Van Halen. You know, <laughs> he was giving me, he was like judging me up and down. I said, just ring it up. I don't, I don't want to hear it, you know. But anyway, uh you know, I can remember him just being very judgy about that 5150 record. It's a good one. I still listen to that every once in a while. If I have to listen to any, or if I choose to listen to any of the uh, the Sammy Hagar era, that's the one. That's the one to go to. It's good stuff. It's not a bad record. Give me a break. It sounds good in the car. And another, another uh, disposable cassette story, also at Peaches. There was this guy who's, who who used to do the receiving there at Peaches. His name was Eddie. He was all into metal and hard rock and all that shit. So I had these two cassettes, so these new these two new releases, and um, I was going to buy one of them. I didn't have enough money, or I didn't want to spend the money to buy both of them at the same time. And so I went to him and I said, "Hey, which one of these? If I if I only was only going to buy one of them, which one would you recommend?" And they were the it was the first Faster Pussycat record, <laughs> and the first Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction. That thing was out for a year before anybody knew who it was, or nobody anybody paid any attention to it. I think I mentioned that recently, but um, so that thing was out for a long time, and nobody, you know, we had like one copy of it, you know, 
I mean, it wasn't even like a nobody paid any. It wasn't on anybody's radar. And then suddenly it was the biggest, biggest record in the world. You know, this is before it became the biggest record in the world. So I asked Eddie, our receiver. I said, "Hey, which one of these? I want. I want something for the car. You know, I want some, some for the car to, to blast in the car. Rock. You know, some rock my ass. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? While I'm driving. You know." And he goes, "Oh, faster, pussycat, man. You got to get that one." So I bought the fa- I bought that one. And, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like he was, I think he gave me bad advice. <laughs> I don't think he was correct. I mean, I don't know. That first Faster Pussycat's good, you know, whatever. Anyway, those are the, those are the memories of uh, those, those disposable cassettes. I still have, I have crates of them downstairs. I have a bunch of cassettes. I still have some eight tracks, if you believe that or not. I still have, I think I still have them. Anyway, um, that's, an, uh, that's enough of that. R.I.P. Tawny, I don't know what happened to you, but, uh, you know, rest in peace. Uh, yeah. Today's Mother's Day. I called uh, I called my mom, talked to her, and, um, you know, we talked a good while, and uh, at, she doesn't like to talk on the phone anymore. She said she wore herself out when she was younger. She used to, I remember when she was, like when I was a kid, she'd be on the phone talking to her friends and stuff. Like she could talk for hours, you know, talking to people. But now she does. She hates it. She doesn't like to be on the phone. So I was talking to her, and um, you know, we talked a while. It wasn't it wasn't you know it wasn't too short. But at, at, eventually she goes, "Well, you probably have things to do." <laughs> that's a that's a sign where she's she's done. You know, they're like, uh, "Well, I'm sure you have things to do." All right. That's a sign to, you know, I'm, I'm done with this conversation. We're ending it right now. But anyway, um, so I told Tony, I said, well, uh, why don't we go out to lunch or something? And um, she goes, what for? I said, for Mother's Day. She goes, I'm not your mother. I said, oh, God, stop with that. It gives me the full body shivers. I don't, I, you know, nah. I said, no, nah, you know, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice and take you out to lunch. The boys are at work, you know. And she goes, I don't. She goes, now every place is going to be packed, you know. Let's just eat at home. And um, I was like, man, you are so, you're all into the celebrating, aren't you? She goes, well, how about we just do the backyard ale house? I said, yeah. Now we're talking. So I went on the. They still have the COVID rules, so you have to go on their website, and you have to, uh, you have to, you put in reservations. And you have to put a credit card in there. If you don't show up, they charge your credit card $50, right? It's a whole, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But you got to, so I said, what time you want to go? She said, how about 4 o'clock? So I went on there. Everything between 1 and 4.30 was completely gone. Like the whole thing was booked. I said, how about 4.30? Is that good? She goes, I don't care. <laughs> She's really into this thing. And um, so so I made made reservations for four thirty, at the backyard ale house down in downtown Scranton, her favorite place, you know, and that's how we're gonna celebrate Mother's Day, I guess. <sighs> you know, I don't know. She's uh, she's like, why would we go out? It's Mother's Day. You're not my, I'm not your mother. Whoo. So anyway, um, backyard ale house. And they sent me. They just sent me a text message that says, 
reminder, you have plans at 4.30. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, last time we were there, that guy sat down at our table, like shook the table, like rocking it back and forth. Told you about that. That waiter, he sat down at our table with us. I don't care for that. But um, tonight, we'll see how it goes. Both boys are at work. <sighs> see how it goes. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, my mom's doing well. She's 79 years old, but she's rocking and rolling, both of them, you know. So um, they're doing well, and I'm very thankful for that. I feel uh, blessed to have gone this deep into my life with both my parents, and I mean that sincerely. All right, so I'm going to have one call that came in over the hotline, and it's a good one, and it's uh, right here. Hey, Jeff, this is Erica in Charlotte. And I've been a surf reporter since 2002. I remember that because I was making a SpongeBob cake for my son's fourth birthday. And a Google image search led me to a picture of your fine self with SpongeBob in the mall, uh, presumably with the secrets just out of sight. I started reading and I haven't ever really stopped. By the way, that kid is now 23 and finally moved out of the house. It's been a long ride, my friend. Anyway, I've talked to you about this before, but I used to work at the same uh, sound warehouse you did a couple of years after you left, I think, on Peachtree and Buckhead. That's the one that was built inside what used to be a fur company with the creepy labyrinthine basement haunted by souls of a thousand dead animals. You do remember that, perhaps? Uh, anyway, it was at sound warehouse where I met the man I eventually married, and that's been 25 years now. He was a part-timer. I was a shift manager. I only made 25 cents more an hour than he did, but I had keys and the power to make him do the D catalog books. You recently talked about the act of uh, physically taking inventory in those big black notebooks, and the D books were the bottom of the barrel. It took an entire shift to grind through one book full of obscure jazz albums and forgotten prog rock gems from, like, Hawkwind and Vandergraaff Generator. Pure torture. Anyway, I've been listening to the podcast for the past couple of years, and I love that you've never lost your southern accent. I'm sure it's ingrained in you like it is for me, but it still makes for a nice middle finger to all those L.A. and P.A. types. I've noticed people tend to underestimate folks with a southern accent. And to be fair, sometimes that is valid, but it's good to hear it. You're just a regular Latter-day Garrison Keeler, you are. Thanks for putting these out each week. I look forward to the updates. Bye. All right, Erica. I feel like Erica is one of the originals. When I think, when I see her name, when I see her name uh, in the comments or on Facebook or whatever, she, in my mind, and I don't know if it's completely accurate, but she feels like one of the original surf reporters from back in the very early days. And I, you know, I love those people. Those are the best. You know, those are the, when, that, when my website was young and kicking, you know, like the funniest people in the world on there, the best people in the world on there. And I mean, there's great people on there now, but those originals, I have a fondness in my heart. And Erica is right in there, and I'm glad that she, I'm glad you called, Erica. Um, so you found me by doing a search for SpongeBob, and you saw me standing beside SpongeBob in the mall, right? That my kids weren't there. The secrets, as we called them back in those days. Um, until Mark Maynard outed me 
which I'm still not, I still haven't gotten over that. <coughs> still angry, seething with anger. No. He, he outed me. He, he went on, somehow he went in the comments and he told everybody I had kids. I was keeping that secret. And then they became the secrets. That's how they were known. But anyway, um, no, no, Steve and I, my friend Steve, who I've known since, I don't know, ever, since since first grade or something, he and I went over to the mall because he was, uh, SpongeBob was making an appearance there. And he and I went over there and we got our pictures taken, picture taken with SpongeBob. And uh, that's the picture you're talking about. I didn't take my kids. It was me and Steve. <laughs> you know, I mean, you would assume that I had my kids with me. No, it was just me and Steve because I was like really into SpongeBob. I watched SpongeBob with my kids, and that thing was hilarious. Those early episodes, those first like three years, that thing was straight up genius. You know, that thing was funny as shit. And then it got crazy and it just became obnoxious and loud. But um, those early episodes, man, that's gold. So Steve, Steve and I drove over there and got our picture taken with SpongeBob. So that's the first one. That's how you found the website. That's pretty cool. And your kid's 24 years old, you said, and he's moving out or he moved out. Yeah. My kids are 25 and 22. The younger one, I don't know if I've said that. I don't know if I've said anything here on the uh, the podcast or not. The younger one is moving out in July. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't really like it, to tell you the truth. But um, anyway... I guess it's just the way of the world, but I'm not a fan. <sighs> He's just moving over to Scranton, which is like seven miles down the road. But still, I don't, I don't. He's moving out, so uh, we'll see how that goes. He signed a year lease, so he's he's locked in for a year. Huh. Feel like it was a mistake, but what, whatever. Tony says it'll be good for him. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, the Sound Warehouse, Sound Warehouse in Buckhead in Atlanta. I didn't work there, but Tony did. I worked at Peaches in Greensboro. And um, Tony worked at Sound Warehouse in Buckhead. And I tried to get a job there when I moved to Atlanta. And I talked to some guy wearing stupid-ass cowboy boots. He was, like, strutting around that store. He was wearing, like, real tight jeans. And he, he had cowboy boots on. And he was like, like wired. I don't know. He's probably who knows. But he he was like prancing all around that store. He I don't know. He was a manager of some sort, and he didn't. Uh, he passed on me. I had years and years of experience working at Peaches, and he, he's like, he didn't hire me. I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know what the hell happened. I didn't get. I didn't get hired there. Tony worked there for a few years. She has fond memories of that. That was, you know. When I worked at Peaches, it was like perhaps, you know, among the best times of my life, you know, when I think back on it. I mean, I had fun. It was a lot of fun. And and the early days of Atlanta, also fun, you know. But, uh, and, and she feels the same way. That when she worked at Sound Warehouse down there in Buckhead, she loved it. It was like the best time. So, uh, so anyway, we have fond memories of those places. Those, those the D-Books, I mean, we must have had the same setup, you know, because... At Peaches, we had black notebooks. We had A, B, C, and D books that you had to, you know, you had to do inventory by hand. You had to go to and check, you know, you had to go count by hand. 
with a pencil, take a pencil, <laughs> write it on a on a card inside of a notebook, and those D books were like thick ass. I mean, that's like deep catalog, you know. And um, basically, what you do is you keep one on hand. That's I mean, it was easy to do the it was easy to do the buying on those. Because you either had one or you had zero. If you had one, you didn't order anymore. If you had zero, you ordered one. <laughs> so that part was easy. But the doing the inventory itself sucked. It's like, oh my God, I got D-books. Oh my God. Man. Now everything's computerized. People don't even understand this. This is like this seems like uh, probably like the Civil War era to most people. We had no computers. We didn't have a fax machine, you know, at Peaches. So anyway, uh, it must have been the same setup at Peaches and Sound Warehouse. I never worked at Sound Warehouse. Tried to. Old fancy pants with his uh, with his cowboy boots. Yeah, he passed on me. I don't know, whatever. My southern accent? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like some of the people I know, including uh, my friend's my friend Steve, and especially this guy who comes up here sometimes to go to these uh, NASCAR races and stays with Steve. Um, his name's Chuck. He, I mean, I don't, I don't think my accent's as thick as those, those guys, but clearly I have an accent because I get comments on it sometimes. I don't give two shits, you know. That's who I am. I don't know, is it Southern or is it Appalachian? It sounds Southern. I don't know. I think it's Southern. I mean, I, I have arguments about that, too. It's not Southern. It's Appalachian. It's like, whatever, man. Southern West Virginia is, I mean, part of the South in my mind. I mean, it's very similar. You know, there's a lot of crossover. But anyway, thank you for uh, thank you for appreciating my accent. I do appreciate that. And thank you for calling, Erica. Thank you for being a part of this for so long. I sincerely appreciate it. You're one of the originals in my mind, and uh, you guys are the best. The originals are the best. Um, you said I was like Garrison Keillor. <sighs> Wasn't he like groping women? You know, I don't know. Hey, whatever. You know, whatever. Um, I think we're near the end of this thing. Thanks for, thanks for calling, uh, Erica. Call anytime you want. Uh, I love hearing from you and um, all that jazz. So we're at the end of this thing, and uh, I'm going to get ready to head on out to the backyard ale house to celebrate with uh, Tony, who doesn't seem like she's she's like, eh, whatever. Eh, yeah, if you want to. I mean, you know, <laughs> such enthusiasm bubbling over. Anyway. Hope you guys have a great uh, a great day. And um, if you want to if you want to call in and be a part of the show like Erica, you can do that. Twenty four hours a day. Five seven zero two nine zero eight one five one is the number. Again, five seven zero two nine zero eight one five one. Give me a call. Be a part of the show. Give me a call right now, and you'll be uh, you know anytime. And, and I'll I'll use you next Monday. Maybe. Depending on what what you say, <laughs> you know I can't make any promises. Also, uh, what else? What else we got? If you want to send me an email, send that over to surfreportpod at gmail Also, if you want two of these a week instead of a measly one, you can do that by going to Patreon. That's Patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash Jeff K. 
Sign up for a $4 or more monthly donation, and you'll get an extra episode every week. Every single week. Not every once in a while. Not every once, not once a month. That's for suckers. This is for every, this is every week you get an extra episode. You can listen to it through, through the Patreon app, and it's, it's an extra episode. It's just like this one. Just, uh, it's just for uh, patrons only. I'm starting to struggle. Can you tell? <laughs> I feel like it's not. Uh, something's off. Anyway, thank you guys for everything. I'll see you soon over on the Patreon side. Until then, you guys have yourselves a fine, fine day. I'll see you. Bye. Answer. <laughs>